Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I always say it's the latest episode. It, when you're listening to it, it might not be the latest one. If you're if you're catching up, this might be the middle one. You might be listening months down the road, and this might have come out six months ago. Either way, welcome. I am Illegal Eighty Six. I am, of course, joined as always by my good friends Tactic and the Nerd Bomber over in the vast reaches of cyberspace. Say what's up from the vast reaches of cyberspace, guys. What's up from the vast regions of cyberspace? What's up, everybody? That was too long. I'm not going to say that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's hard to remember. We're we're exiting January. I feel like I usually give a month update. Like this first intro section of the podcast is usually like me saying, it's almost the end of X month or it's the beginning of X month. I'm like a quasi calendar, but it's almost the end of January. Hey, we want uh, people to year. know if their news is still relevant. Right. First month of 2021, almost in the books. Uh, we do have news today. It hasn't been a barren newsless week. We have to talk about this Harry Potter announcement from uh, HBO Max. I don't even know if it was an actual announcement. It's just kind of a rumor floating around. We'll get into that. Uh, we have to talk about this whole Xbox Live debacle, which as someone who's sitting outside of the Xbox ecosystem, I was just laughing the whole time. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And Godzilla versus Kong. How can I forget God? the two biggest creatures on Earth? Well, they're not really on Earth, but fictionally they're on Earth. The two biggest creatures on Earth. I mean, how can I forget the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer debuted this past weekend? We'll get into that as well. In fact, we should we should probably kick off with that. What's bigger than Godzilla vs. Kong, right? And I feel like there's a lot to, to unpack here. Now, I did not see Skull Island, which I think that's the current... My, my exposure to King Kong cinematically is the Peter Jackson, like, 2005 or whenever that was, when he made that, like, three-hour King Kong epic movie with Adrian Brody and Jack Black. So I don't know about the current rendition of Kong. I did see the, the Brian Cranston Godzilla, but that's not the current rendition of Godzilla either. <laughs> I don't think it is. There was Godzilla King of the Monsters. That was last year, right? With Eleven from Stranger Things? Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is the cinematic landscape I am not up on. But for me, the premise of this movie is as simple as who would win in a fight between Godzilla and King Kong? And I want I want your guys' opinions on this because to me, and I'm going to upset people. I know that's what I do. To me, this is obvious. It's Godzilla. It is the most obvious. It's Godzilla. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like what? what? Sweep the leg with okay. his tail. So I we're mean, all in the same. Got, well, like, God, he shoots fire. Gorillas, gorillas are fierce, but like Godzilla is literally a giant dinosaur thing. That shoots a freaking laser? I don't know what it is, okay? We're not Godzilla. <laughs> we should make this point right off the top. I don't think any of us are, are Godzilla experts. We've probably made that clear by now. But to me, it, it's it's not a fair fight. You know, Godzilla's got that whoosh. I'm watching the trailer without sound right now, so I'm seeing everything that's happening. He shoots that blue beam from his mouth into the sky. He, he shoots can, his blue can, beam at Kong. I mean, he can pull him in the water, and, and then he's really got the dominant fight. There's just right. endless possibilities to win. Do the old spin alligator drown. And and Kong, look, let's face it, okay? He's a cinematic icon. He's a, he's a giant gorilla. And okay. an emotional giant gorilla, which we all know That's that emotions true. are weakness. That's, you know what? That's very true. I will say, the, the thing I like the most about this trailer... That, again, if I knew more about Godzilla or King Kong, I might know more about this. But they're hinting at this whole, like, there was an ancient war between these two species, and these are the only two left. That's cool. That's the part of the trailer that I latched onto, because I don't think the main fight is much of a fight. But I think the whole, like, unpacking the mythos of, like, these ages ago, you know, these creatures were all that were on Earth, and they fought each other. That's cool to me. Well, I think the other thing that I also find really interesting is they, they introduced the concept that there is this young girl that they found who can communicate with animals and somehow like Kong bonds to her. But I feel like that's going to play a part. Maybe them like vying for her attention or maybe she's going to bring them together or I don't even know. But I feel like that's all. It's all going to be part of this like ancient mythos, like you said, that will be really interesting to unpack in this movie. Right. And, and they're also kind of framing it this way where i mean maybe i'm wrong about this but you guys can also give your opinion godzilla is the bad guy here right see is that the implication I, that's the I implication but i have a theory so okay like two or three small little quick scenes in this trailer they kind of show off mecha godzilla and my theory here is that this giant mecha godzilla is like a robot that people have created and 
some bad guys are controlling him or it's like an alien mecha godzilla i don't even know somehow there's going to be this mecha godzilla and poor regular godzilla is just going to take the fall for this guy stomping around and destroying stuff so that's why they go get kong to take godzilla down but godzilla's just like hey man i'm just chilling being a big dinosaur like you want the robot guy so i think the little girl this is my hot take for this entire movie i think the little girl is going to somehow bring them together and then while we think this movie is going to be about kong versus godzilla they're going to team up at the end to take down mecha godzilla yeah he does come from space by the way mecha godzilla that theory tracks. That's Not, my hot I, I, It doesn't track with anything I saw in the trailer. However, it tracks with just like the general, like how do movies go? You know, I didn't see Alien versus Predator, but I imagine at one point they probably teamed up, right? I mean, they're bad guys. It's kind of different. They're both bad guys, but... No, they never Godzilla. teamed up. They just fought. And then people were like, yo, that was crazy. <laughs> well, and, and, and both Godzilla and King Kong are like these very interesting characters, right? More so Godzilla, I would say. We're like... I ask again, is Godzilla a good guy or a bad guy? I think in this movie, I think he's supposed to be the bad guy. But in like, my opinion, Godzilla is a neutral force where he's just trying to maintain balance. I think he's just misunderstood. I mean, it, in, in the in, old movies, it's always he just did his own thing unless there was something tipping the balance, say Mothra or one of the 18 other billion giant creatures that would appear in japan i mean japan really got the shaft during that whole thing always getting attacked but he would just come up fix it all then go back under you sound like you're more of a godzilla aficionado than i am so is godzilla in historical films and stuff is he the good guy because i feel like i've only ever seen footage of him like thrashing around and destroying the city wrecking stuff yeah Yeah. so like is he the good guy though at the end of the day in all of these movies the end of the day he's defending the city but there are is collateral damage so people go "Ah, so he's basically pulling like a power rangers where their giant megazord comes in and yeah it saves everybody but they also destroy the city it's basically well, the, like, the superhero conundrum right that we saw in marvel and dc all these different right movies. avengers do that yeah. i mean i and in, in in king of the monsters again i didn't see it but isn't the basic premise like there's a bunch of monsters we don't know what to do we're going to turn to godzilla because we don't know if he likes us or not but he can like help us fight the other monsters i think they were banking That's, on like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal right right and they got they got coach eric taylor from friday night lights who also is in this movie apparently they so they're bringing back some familiar faces they're bringing back 11 millie bobby brown they're bringing back coach eric taylor i can't think of that guy's i only know him as coach eric taylor i can't for the life of me think the guy's name fan kyle chandler that's his name fantastic actor they have the the lady from iron man 3 in some kind of role here I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It's going to be a spectacle. You can expect <laughs> baby Godzilla, calling it now. But how, like, th- th- we should talk about King Kong a little bit too. I feel like Godzilla has dominated the conversation. The King Kong trope of like, I guess in a lot of the, in the other two that I've seen, because I think I've seen parts of the very old, like the 1930s one too. It's always like he's protecting a woman, right? Yeah. Or like he, bonds he falls to in love with a woman. And then he's misunderstood because he just wants to chill because he's been lonely. He just wants to chill with his new friend. And then all of the, she either tries to leave or her crewmates just completely misconstrue the situation. And then bam, they take down King Kong. I feel bad for the guy. Honestly, every time I've seen a Kong movie and I think I've seen all of them at this point, like I just feel bad for him at the end. Like they try to semi portray him as this big monster who can't fit in society. But like, Shoot, find an island somewhere. Leave him alone. Give yeah. him some like monkey friends. Jeez. He's he's misunderstood for sure, but I uh, he's also in a certain aspect misunderstood by me because and maybe this was my whatever, 13-year-old brain or hormonal whatever, but like when I watched the Peter Jackson one, I thought he was like in love with her. Yeah, he does. With the lady. He fell in love with her. Okay, so it's not I mean, obviously in the case of this little girl, it's more of like a friendship. But like that's that's kind of the thing with King Kong, right? Is that he's 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 just a big sweet, you know? He's, he's a big he's just sweetie. a lonely guy. He wants to hang out. He wants like I I bet in some alternate universe, if King Kong was just greeted by a bunch of friendly humans who didn't have guns and were just like, "Hey, buddy, here's some giant bananas. What are you doing?" I'm sure he would have like a, a fun ball. You know, everyone could just come visit him. He'd throw banana parties. It'd be great. Right. 
I mean, yeah, I, and a tactic, you said this before. King Kong has emotions. That's a weakness. He doesn't, he doesn't stand a chance here. I would like to see a King Kong in water fight. Like, that'd be cool if they were fighting in water, King Kong, Godzilla. No, one. It would last two trailer. seconds. They showed them fighting. King Kong was on a boat, and Godzilla was kind of just, like, wrecking the boat. And I was like, boy, King Kong's in trouble. But I, I'm not saying, like, he has to swim. I'm saying, like, in, like, a beach situation okay. where, like, there's a lot of water flying around. That'd be cool. But he's also like, at one point he jumps, King Kong jumps in the air and like blocks the Godzilla laser with like a piece of something. I don't know. There's, there's guys, there's a lot going on in this trailer. That's, I guess the point, the point we're trying to make. I'd like to see um, the pre CGI footage. It's just, there's just nothing. <laughs> nothing just, is happening. <laughs> yeah. Like it's actually a really good question. What is even on screen? Cause the city's probably also CGI, right? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, I have to say. Movies like this, I give the actors a lot of credit because if you've ever watched any behind the scenes stuff, and I guess it's the same in like the MCU, but a lot of these movies where so much is CGI, the actor is basically acting alone and playing to nothing. And the fact that they can pull off such impressive performances when they're literally just in a green room with nothing in front of them and oftentimes no human partners in the same scene, that's pretty impressive. Way to go, actors. Yeah. There's always that there's that story you hear. It might be an urban legend, but like Ian McKellen when he was like playing Gandalf, one day he like showed up and they just put him in a green room with like nothing, and they're like act, and he just like started crying because he's like I hate this, <laughs> I want to be an actor, and now I'm sitting in a green room playing to nothing. Anyways, this is also a movie that I think would is going to suffer unfortunately from is it releasing in pandemic times i guess that's not clear yeah i think this one i want to say they actually moved this up because i think at at one point it was just like spring 2021 and i think they said that this was going to come out in march so this is going to be coming out also concurrently on hbo max and i do think like i don't see this movie being something that drives hbo max subscriptions like wonder woman so i see this movie suffering and maybe i'm wrong maybe there's a big Godzilla Kong fandom out there that I'm totally underestimating but I don't think this will drive subscriptions and I feel like this will suffer because many movie theaters won't be open and the at-home experience with this movie will not be the same because it demands a theater experience right this is like a big action movie that you want full surround sound and I mean yes in our home theater we have I say home theater loosely it's a tv with a very cheap surround sound system But like, even with that, it doesn't feel the same if you don't have it on a big screen. And we felt that a little bit with Wonder Woman. It's just, you lose something not being... started on that movie. Yeah. (laughs) But you lose (laughs) something not having that giant screen in front of you. You really do. Wonder Woman, the thing with Wonder Woman is they didn't didn't finish the movie. They just kind of put it out there. (laughs) Here's the rough cut. You can watch this. Yeah, I would agree with your assessment that I, in terms of driving subscriptions, I don't know if this is if this is it. But like you said, there might also clearly we don't know anything about Godzilla, and we know maybe marginally more about King Kong, but we don't know much about either one. So did also Brie Larson wasn't she in Skull? I was looking for her. I was like, she's going to show up, right? Did she die in Skull Island? I, got, I I mean, spoilers. I don't know if we want to reveal that. I don't know. I'm legitimately asking. Did you guys watch Skull Island? Yes, but I don't remember if she died or not. You don't even remember if she no. died? No. Oh, boy. Like she's like the main character. I feel like, no. I feel like she's still alive. I don't remember. Where's she? Yeah, I don't think I mean, she geez. died. She's just it's, it's, meandering it, about. Because isn't it her and, um, isn't Samuel L. in that movie? Or am I totally misremembering? Okay, so, no, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Tom Hiddleston is also in it. John Goodman. Tom Hiddleston, yeah, okay. I don't remember if she dies at the end. It's on Hulu, so we should all probably go catch up because clearly, to be fair to me, this movie came out in 2017, and lately I have the memory of a gnat. It has been a minute. We'll go watch Skull Island, but in the meantime, let us know what you think over on the Twitter sphere at OWLEGO86, at OWNerbomber, at OWTactic, at OnlineWarriors1, the main show account. What, What are your... Who would win in a fight, first of all? I, we think it's obvious, clearly, but we want your opinion as well. Do, are we underselling King Kong's abilities? I mean, he does have hands, you know? Opposable it, thumbs a are a big of, deal. You know, that's true. I think in the Peter Jackson movie, he, like, snapped the jaws of, of a couple of T-Rexes because there were T-Rexes in that movie. That movie was off the chain. But he snapped the, their jaws because he had opposable thumbs to do it. So maybe we're underestimating. He also seems smaller in thumbs? that one. He like he seems bigger in this one because Godzilla oh, he always is. towers larger than T-Rexes. 
way long. Yeah, they had to make King Kong bigger because otherwise, I mean, he's just a tiny little monkey. Just give, might as well give him some symbols standing next to <laughs> Godzilla. Anyways, it, both a que- it's both a question of who do you think would win and who do you want to win? So yeah, hit, hit us up with that information. Be on the lookout for Godzilla versus Kong. Set to be released March 26, 2021. My brother's birthday. Shout out to my brother. Not going to say his name, but let us know if you're excited for that movie also. So there's that. But we're going to we're going to stick in in movie town. Not really movie town, but you know, just movie TV show town cuz we need to talk about H and this is also, also HBO Max town. Love an HBO Max, by the way. HBO Max subscriber right here. Yeah, I was it's pretty good. I was very skeptical cuz I I did the whole like inward groan, oh no, I don't need another subscription and I feel like I did that on the podcast so like it's it's forever ingrained out there in the internet. But I we use it a lot. I like it. I use it a lot. Right now, I'm actually going. I'm for whatever reason, I'm a little ashamed to admit this. You should never be ashamed to watch easygoing shows. But I'm kind of going through Friends right now, which Friends I think is maligned for good reason sometimes. But no. it's the most easygoing show to watch. There is nothing the wrong with Friends. I mean, there's a lot wrong with Friends. But if you look at the time when it was made, exactly. there is nothing exactly. wrong with Friends. Like, come on. It's, it it's is a retro aggressively show. easygoing. Like it's it's like in twenty years, I'm sure someone will look back at the office and be like, "There's so much wrong with the office," and we'll all be like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm sure there will be things yeah. that just are not culturally appropriate, but whatever. Yeah, you just gotta let well, and, it slide. And, and because I'm no Peacock subscriber, I, I need to supplant my office like fall asleep viewing with something. Friend is perfect for that somewhat familiar very easygoing nothing bad ever happens it's just i've said the word easygoing a hundred times and that's because it's accurate it's an easygoing show anyways hbo max is great i will say their app not my favorite app i don't know if you guys have experienced this and we're getting a little off track but i have to ask this question of you when you pause something on hbo max does it actually pause not all the time no and sometimes then when you hit play it it like the sound starts but the video doesn't start moving and it's very yeah. frustrating. We've, we we do it a lot where we'll pause it and this either doesn't pause at all or the visual pauses, but the audio just keeps on trucking. So we actually have to back arrow out of the show we're watching. It's like, it's not a big deal. Their content is great. The app needs to be ironed out a little bit. We actually had huge problems watching Wonder Woman 84. That's a whole other story. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Harry Potter. Incidentally, I was listening to the Harry Potter soundtrack today while working. Shout out to uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Great soundtrack. But reportedly, there is a Harry Potter TV series in early development for HBO Max. And I mean very early development because this is being reported by Variety. But uh, apparently HBO Max and Warner Brothers have told both Variety and The Hollywood Reporter there is no series in development. So I want to say right away, take this with a grain of salt, I suppose. I think HBO Max and Warner Brothers are fronting. I think this is actually happening. I think they're just not ready for people to know yet. How Variety and THR got their hands on it, who knows? But we should talk about this. I mean, Harry Potter, to me, a while back, I was writing a movie blog and I kind of just as a think tank experiment, asked myself, what is this generation's Star Wars? You know, and, and you can make it that question whatever you want. Just in terms of franchises and, and cultural shifting, you know, movie endeavors. To me, it's Harry Potter. And that was the answer I ultimately settled on in this post I wrote. Harry Potter is a huge deal for me, especially for this generation, for me growing up, reading the books, watching the movies. It was basically this from when I was eight or nine years old until... Not Lord of the Rings. I was in college. Not Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings is not as all-encompassing. I mean, this is a multimedia, eight movies, seven books, a stage play. I mean, Lord of the Rings has, you know, The Hobbits, which to me, that was a money grab. The Lord of the Rings movies are great. They have the books, of course. Not Star Wars. It's just, the question is, what is this generation Star Wars? I think to say Star Wars... I get where you're coming from with that, but I think Star Wars originated in the 70s, right? Harry Potter originated in the 90s. So to me, that belongs to this generation. Uh, anyways, we're getting off track. I, I want to know what you guys want out of this show. You know, we- we've-, we've talked, of course, about the open world video game, which I think is still in development. We talked about that last year. There's a lot to be said about that. We might say the same stuff here, but, you know, do you want to stick with the characters that already exist? Do you want fresh characters? Do you want so the the fantastic beasts shoot up the news article states harry potter tv show not 
Hogwarts TV show. So it leads you to believe that it might surround some facet of Harry Potter's life. They, well, right, but the, like the Harry other Potter is, is also kind of just a franchise name at this point. Well, they've expanded it to Wizarding World. They've called it the Wizarding World of Harry Potter very often. And that's like, I think the Fantastic Beast movie was part of this quote-unquote Wizarding World. But yeah, it's it's a valid point. You know, when you hear Harry Potter, you think Harry Potter. And and there's a lot of plays. I haven't seen the stage play. I haven't read Cursed Child. But theoretically, there are places it could go, right? You know, Harry Potter presumably becomes an Auror. He's fighting dark wizards. There's a lot to be had with that. I hope it's later on when he's old and he's constantly badgering his grandkids out how back in his day, he used to take on older wizards like nothing. And the grandkids are like, yeah, whatever, Grandpa, scrolling on their tablets. That's so what like, I really hope for. That's kind of what the cursed child was kind of like. I'm not going to say it's 100% like that, but there's definitely that element of he's a parent nagging his son. Or I don't even remember. It wasn't. And his son is like, shut up. Yeah, dad. pretty much. And <laughs> Use a pansy, Dad. It was. So there's two things I could see. I would want a universe where the cursed child is done but better. Like the cursed child was fine, but the the dad son dichotomy or dynamic or whatever you want to call it annoyed the crap out of me and I didn't really like the younger generation and how they were portrayed. I just I didn't I didn't jive with it and maybe that just makes me a crotchy old person. So I could see like older main characters and their lives now carried out as a series. But I think what I actually really want is completely new set of characters, completely new storyline, something that J.K. Rowling doesn't touch. I want a new team of writers. I mean, beyond just J.K. Rowling's problematic everything at the moment. Yeah, just the just the things about her. We don't even need to get yeah. into what they are, but the, brief. the Fantastic Beast, if you even remove that, I felt that Fantastic Beast, which she had a lot of input into, was extremely underwhelming and I don't like those movies. And didn't see them. I, I just thought they were not great. And maybe I was just looking for something different from those movies, but I just thought they were kind of a mess storytelling wise. I didn't like them. So I just if I could see a completely brand new cast of characters without her influence, just see what fresh writers could come up with. Because this world, the thing that always I loved about Harry Potter, even as a kid, like the books and the movies and the video games were all great. But maybe I'm the only one on this podcast who was a nerd like this, but I read fan fiction and there was a heck ton of really good. Uh, Hayes is super into fan fiction, not Harry Potter, but fan fiction is an enormous. I mean, it's a huge thing. I'm sure. No. Yeah, there's a, a huge, huge thing. thing, like a huge market for that kind of stuff out there. Not a market because it's not being sold, but like there's just a huge reader and fan base. And there are a ton of great writers that we're creating new characters, new storylines in the world of Harry Potter because the world building is done for us at this point. It's a great world. Like Star Wars. Right. Yeah, it, but like, it's a playground. Young Professor to... Snape, boom, mic drop. That would be cool too. Like, I just want to see more. I want to see something new. I want to see something fresh, taking this world that we know and love and just putting a fresh spin on it and also distancing ourselves from J.K. Rowling a little bit. Well, so what I, I'm going to expand on what I just suggested. That, I think, would be the best way to go. Because one, it's, it is a facet of the Harry Potter world. Two, throughout the movies, you're always kind of peering into that before time with Professor Snape and Harry Potter's mother. And to really live that in its entirety, I think, would be absolutely thrilling. So I'm going to pitch two ideas, both of which I think are absolutely brilliant, obviously. So HBO Max people... Warner Brothers, whatever. Listen up. Idea one. And by the way, for both of these ideas, you can take or leave existing characters. You can use existing characters. You can use new characters. It does not matter. Idea one: gritty crime drama. I want. I want a murder mystery serial set in the Harry Potter universe. I think that would be fascinating. I want. Like, I think one of the reasons that most people consider Prisoner of Azkaban to be one of the best books is because it had that exciting. Sirius Black is a criminal. He's on the run. He's a fugitive. That was enthralling. And to be able to capture that in some respect, to be able to capture some kind of underworld that doesn't just revolve around dark magic, I think would be fascinating. That's idea one. Idea two. Once on YouTube, when I was, I fell down a YouTube hole, as we all do. Harry Potter Puppet Pals? Some, 
That's great, but no, that's not what I was, that's not where I was going. <laughs> Some genius person recut, I believe it was Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and they cut together a trailer that framed it as a zany teenage rom-com. And I was like, this is great. I want a rom-com. Because the romantic and comedy elements of Harry Potter, especially as the, the, the movies get later and later, they're always shrouded in this brooding darkness, right? Because of Voldemort and because Harry Potter's chosen one, et cetera, et cetera. I want characters who are so vastly unimportant. Yeah, so do, do like a high school. The wizarding just world. Just focus on like the jocks of Quidditch and have exactly. it set in high school. I want, I mean, I've never watched Glee. I never watched High School Musical. Take that formula get the music out of there put it into hogwarts that's a winner that's absolutely 100 percent a winner in my opinion dawson's creek at hogwarts basically oh, dawson's no hogwarts creek i mean yes. i'm telling you that could work but like you love it okay can i this is a small sidebar but every time i watch dawson's creek because yes i'm still watching it i took a little break and now i just like intersperse episodes when i have nothing else to do and usually it's because tactic is off tinkering or doing something and then he'll hear the theme <sighs> song and all of a sudden he's somehow sitting on the couch next to me watching it and get then i'm tired of thinking and well, just want to sit and watch colors like, then, you, like you could be watching literally nothing explain and i'll be this, like oh though. look movement colors explain this. cool so the dog has to go out and he offers to take the dog out. And I'm like, I look at him, I'm like, I, do, I don't have to pause this, right? Because you don't care about this at all. And he's like, no, no, I need to see what happens. Well, because so, when you sit in on something, you, you get invested you get in involved. the plot point. So you at least yeah. want to know what's going on instead of just blindly watching. But it doesn't mean I like the show as a whole. Care. I'm, t- I'm team tactic on this one. Also, I know the theme song is not... The I don't want to wait song, but now I got that song stuck in my head again. <laughs> They're both, so, thanks for I'm actually kind of salty because I like the new theme song too. So now it's just, it's sad. But to to go back to Harry Potter, Harry's Creek. There you go. Ew, it just sounds gross. Harry's Creek. I mean, it, again, Harry gross. Creek. Hermione's Enjoy. Creek. Still bad. I would, well, I, I would say for the, for the teenage rom-com plot, I think it actually is probably imperative that you move away from the existing characters. Oh yeah, for and sure. You just have totally new characters. The crime drama one... Again, you could be It would be Harry Wizard Potter. High, by the way. Sure. Fine. I mean, give whatever title you want. My point is, I think these ideas are great. I think well, Warner Brothers and HBO Max Wait, folded. Hogwarts I think there absolutely high. is. Why didn't I think of that first? It's got alliteration. It's, you know what it's about. It's not called Hogwarts. But Hogwarts is just Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. There's, it's not a high school. Think about Harry, Harry Potter shows up there when he's 11. You're missing Harry's the being point. ridiculous. It's, it's catchy. I can come with something catchier than that. Just give me a little bit of time. Hogwarts Heights. They like, any case. they like to use heights in a lot of these teenage shows, teenage drama, rom comma dramas. So heights, throw heights in there. Hogwarts heights. Bam. But you could like, like, what if one of the girls, girl characters falls in love with a centaur from the old forest? Oh, snap. That's a plot line. That's a season long plot line. I didn't have to think about it. It just came out of my mouth right now, unfiltered. It's so easy. <gasps> Young Hagrid having romances. That's it. There we go. Young Hagrid. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's there's so young much Hagrid. You that's do. the name. That's what it's called. <laughs> like young Sheldon, but young Hagrid. And then in like five six years time, when there's a broadcast of the NFL on HBO Max, you can just have little young. Or just Hagrid. call it Hagrid. <laughs> yeah, you could. I mean, you could do young Voldemort and do it like that show. Or the isn't the show called Lucifer, where the guy's just literally just the devil and he's just on Earth mm-hmm. and he's hot, and that's the whole show. Just make hot Voldemort. That's a show. He's hot. He's bad. Who cares? He's hot. You know? Getting uh, all them bitties. In any case, yeah, my opinion is that HBO Max and Warner Brothers are full of it. This is absolutely a thing that's in development. So we want to know, again, calling out to the Twitter sphere, what's your bankable Harry Potter universe television show idea? And is it better than our ideas? Because I think we have a lot. I think a lot of great ideas just came out of, the, of this podcast. Essentially... Uh, the execs over at hbo max and warner brothers they basically just need to invite us over we'll have a a nice little writing jam sesh we'll come up with some hot content have some butter beers you know the whole nine yards so yeah we're we're gonna take a break now we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about xbox live but before we do we have a couple of business items to take care of first of all we have a new patreon subscriber at the night level Stephen keller thank you to you we're super grateful uh, that you're giving back to the show, supporting the show. We know you've been a longtime listener. We've interacted with you on Twitter, and we're big fans of yours. So thank you so much for that. Other item of business, of course, 
Ben Shackness, our, our our Patreon subscriber since the beginning of time, essentially, uh, at the night level. He is getting his producer shout out. He is, of course, he has gotten input into the game segment, which I am hosting this week later, which will be about pirates. So I don't know, R matey, whatever you want to say. Thanks to Ben. And uh, thanks to Steven as well. And we could be saying thanks to you, listener, if you are interested in heading over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast and checking out the details there on how to give back to the show, how to support the show. If you've been listening for a while, even if you've been listening for half an episode, if you like it, if you're in the position to give back, we would super appreciate that. There are three levels of support. We have the night level, which uh, Steven and Ben are members of, and that gets you access to the monthly secret segment, access to the monthly vlog, and of course, the producer shout out, the input into the game segment that I already mentioned. We also have a squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, the details on that, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Go over there, check it out. Thanks again to Steven. Thanks again to Ben. We will be right back after this brief message to talk about Xbox Live. A new year brings a new beginning. For all my listeners that own a business, I want to tell you about FedEx Office. If you are just starting or have been running your company for generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, graphics, and so much more. With FedEx, creating, editing, saving, and ordering is fast and easy. We are teaming up with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more at podgo.co slash FedEx. That's podgo.co slash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx, the world on time. Okay, we are back to talk about Xbox Live. Now, this was a bit of a debacle. I'm sure you guys were following it more closely than I was. My understanding, they raised the price. People got really bad. They actually, they doubled the price. Doubled it. Uh, they doubled the price. They removed the free-to-play capabilities of certain games or just took away the promised capability of that. And then people, you know, understandably got mad. Well, there were never... Said, so Xbox JK. has never had free-to-play capabilities. So like PlayStation, for as long as I've been a subscriber... If you even if you didn't have a subscription service, you could play the free to play games online without having PS Plus. Not so on Xbox. You always needed Xbox Live even to play free to play games. So yeah, that's not a great look. But they were toying with changing their twelve month price to their six month price. So little again, literally doubling the price. And uh, due to what I assume was overwhelming negative backlash, they said, "Psych." Yeah, and then they My did question, they did open up they that free to play then. That was the other thing that they changed after and I feel like this is probably something that had been in the works, but when they did backtrack on the price thing, they did open up now free to play games you don't need live for. Yeah, which is I mean that that yeah, that's kind of throwing us a bone. Yeah. Throwing us a bone after basically trying to stab us in the eyeball with the bone. But what was what was the thinking behind this move? I, I mean, I, the answer See is if we don't notice. Like but so doubling the price like that's insane for me i think that the plan here was obviously they're trying to funnel as many people into game pass ultimate as they possibly can or even just base level game pass and right now a lot of people still are not doing that i mean if you don't care about that library of game pass games and you just want to collect your free games with gold and play online the games that you want to play online and you buy them and you don't care about game pass then you're going to continue to subscribe to Xbox Live Gold, and that's all you need. I think they were trying to make that price point a little bit higher so that Game Pass is only, I think it was only 20 bucks more at that point. If they're doubling the price for a year, I mean, then you might as well invest in Game Pass Ultimate. And with that, I mean, obviously it makes the Game Pass subscription numbers look good. They're still getting a little bit more money out of you than if you just had that base level Xbox Live. And it probably looks better for their partnerships because you have stuff like EA Play included now for Game Pass Ultimate. And they can be like, look, you have X amount of new people looking at your games and your content that you wouldn't have if you didn't have this partnership with Game Pass. And everyone called them out on it because it was just super shady. I mean, I don't 
I understand their thinking behind it, but it's just terrible because you shouldn't be forcing people. Game Pass is an incredible value and nobody's arguing that, but you should not be jacking up the prices of your other services to basically make Game Pass the only option. Because at the end of the day, let's be real. If you have owned Halo, the Master Chief Master Collection. Master Chief Collection, yeah. If you have the Master Chief Collection and you're just happy playing the same maps over and over and all you want to do every year is just pay for gold and you, do that. you can do, you could, you should be able to do that. You Basically, shouldn't have I to do. pay, a, no, you mooch off of me with our, with our <laughs> Game Pass sharing. I'm like, you should be able to do that. And it's an especially bad look when you consider, A, I'm out a little soapbox here, but I'm just gonna, I'm almost done. PC players have not had to pay to access online services forever. They just have not. Right. PlayStation has at least had the free-to-play games available if you weren't a subscriber. And PlayStation did not jack up their price of their service, which has always been kind of comparable to Xbox. And the third one is Nintendo, which has always had a cheaper live service option. And granted, Nintendo's live services are not as robust. You don't really no, have the, the chat capabilities, but it's still incredibly cheap compared to both playstation and xbox and you at least get the entire like classics game library raising it and doubling that price was just in my opinion very unjustifiable and i'm glad that they listened to the consumer and walked it back but man if they didn't talk about putting your foot in it right at the beginning of another console generation like they were doing really well harboring goodwill with gamers and consumers but man that was just I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but that was not one. Yeah, so I have two takeaways from this, essentially. One, which is kind of a takeaway we've already known about. We talked about it on the podcast many, many times. I, I think your theory about Game Pass Ultimate is absolutely right. And my takeaway is, man, this is really their golden goose. It is the most important thing for them that they get that to, they get that to fly. And this was just their kind of backhanded way of doing it. It clearly didn't work. Which brings me to my second takeaway, which is, man, we are living in an amazing age where the feedback loop is instant, right? Because if this had happened, and granted it would have to be happening with something different than a video game console, you know, featuring online capabilities. But like, if this was happening back in the 90s or the 80s, yeah, they, they that feedback wouldn't know loop takes so late. much longer. Like, they, they wouldn't know it would, until it was too late. And then by that point, it would have been out for a while and people would have complained by like, I don't know, writing mail or something, like snail mail or like calling a number. But like, that's just, with today's, you know, digital age, obviously, it all happened. I mean, I don't, I don't know how long it took actually for them to walk it back, but it can't have been more than a day, two, two days. Um, I think it was almost same day. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but it felt like pretty instant. And that's awesome. I mean, I, that's like the silver lining in the cloud that is this story of like, man, Xbox does not care about its customers at all. <laughs> but the customers care enough to string them up basically and say, hey, what the hell? And uh, that works. So I think it was just bear in mind that it works. It was just a super weird pivot because, like I said, for the last few years, I mean, we've been hearing how Microsoft has said, you know, we're taking a loss on Game Pass and we don't care. We want to be the best ecosystem for people to play in. And if it means that we are not making money, we're Microsoft. We make money elsewhere. So it doesn't matter to us. And so this is just such a weird, a weird tactic and a weird ploy. Like it would almost be better if they made live services for games that you owned free and just got rid of gold completely. I've, I've always wondered that because like you said, there's this disparity with like PC gamers have never had to pay for any of this, right? And I understand that, I understand why that is, but it gives console gamers a bit of a raw deal in that sense. And if there was a way to at least hide the cost a little better than, hey, pay us 60 bucks a year to use the internet. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's always been kind of a strange thing to me, so I, I agree with that, too. Because you used to get free games out of it, but now, like, the offerings ever since Game Pass became a thing, and I don't know if you still, I don't know if you even have PS Plus, illegal, but we have both. I actually don't. Yeah, I actually don't. I got rid of it. The offerings for the Xbox Live games with gold have been rough, to say the least. Like, they're, and I don't know if it's just because they've been giving away four games a year and they're starting to run out of stuff to give away, but man, the pickings have been really, really rough. Like, they're very obscure games. I mean, some of them are indie gems that, yeah, I was glad I got a chance to play because I never would have played otherwise, but it's, it's very disappointing when you look at then PlayStation Plus comparatively and the games that they're giving away. I actually have Switch Online. That's the one, that's the one that I have. 
but like you said totally different situation not as robust not really it gives me the classic games but not much else at least not for my purposes i agree with you Um, guys that not only should they make it free to play but this event should really let all the other console makers really reflect on that and say is is these internet subscriptions really becoming a thing of the past and rather let's sweeten the deal and, and all look at our own game pass services and right. just throw this in as a here come to our console i think that's the I think future. that could be huge I, I think that could be i think you're right i think that could be huge because yeah that should be another takeaway from this is like you know it's, it's tough because xbox doubled their prices and we were all like of course don't do that but what we should also be saying is hey your existing price also not great and like don't love that either well, it's really, and that's it's kind of the subtext. It's interesting to me because if I remember correctly, the PlayStation 3, which we did not have, but a roommate of mine had it, the PlayStation 3 had free online services. Like there was no PlayStation Plus. You just had free online services. And granted, it got hacked and was down all the time. So I think the money that they yeah. get does go to making those servers and stuff more secure. But then like PCs can do it. I don't know. Sure. Right. It's It's yeah it should be a solvable problem but like even just hearing that of hearing about a console online service that didn't cost money like it's kind of crazy to me to just hear it so you know maybe we're too pie in the sky but i think we're all in agreement that this move by microsoft was dumb and hopefully they learned something and hopefully like tactic said other console makers learned something too so we're gonna move into what are you up to wednesday and uh, i'm gonna go first i'm really excited I, I i teased these two people that I had a very tactic-ish update. I've been on the edge of my seat all week. So first I will say, I watched Boy State on on uh, Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, which is not my tactic-y update. That's just, I watched a thing, documentary I'm a about, boy, though. You are a boy. I'm it's a, a documentary boy. about a government, a teenage government competition in Texas, which sounds like the worst pitch ever for anything. But believe me, it is absolutely fascinating. Tactic and Nerbomber did not believe me, and that's that's fine. That's their prerogative. It's it's produced by A24. It's a fascinating documentary. You know, obviously a lot of political undertones, so you have to be up for that, but fascinating stuff. So that's that's kind of my pop cultural recommendation. But the other big thing that happened to me this weekend, a, a kind of a two-pronged thing. One, I so I'm a MacBook Pro owner. I'm recording this podcast on a MacBook Pro. And my hard shell for the computer, I have like a hard shell case on it. It was getting beat to all heck. It looked terrible, so I replaced it. And man, that feels like getting a new computer. Got a new keyboard cover on it. It's it's pristine. It looks amazing. But I put these things on it, and I looked at the screen, and I was like, man, that screen is so dirty. It's so It looks like it's got like stains on it. It's like modeled because, as I learned via the internet, MacBook Pros, made in the generation that mine was, had this anti-glare coating on their laptop screens which if heat from the keyboard dissipated into the screen, it would wear off some of the anti-glare coating and leave horrible stain marks and just horrible. It looks like your computer screen's covered in mucus, basically. So I looked up an online remedy that involved making a baking soda and water mixture and applying it to my computer screen, which was Terrifying. the t- scariest few minutes of my life. But it removed the anti-glare coating and now the screen is crystal clear it's like I own a new computer, and I don't, to be clear. So to be that is one clear. of the most ex- that's one of the most exciting things that happened to me this weekend. Like I'm so excited now, just looking at the computer. I'm looking at it right now, just filled with joy because of how clean it so is. What, what's so what's what's the tactic thing? It just seems like a a tactic-y thing to update people on. Oh, it's not tinkery, but it's just like googling something. That's that's it's totally a no, tactic move. <laughs> ma- making this baking soda water mixture and you know using this home cleaning remedy it just seems like the kind of thing you would do maybe i'm totally off base but it's very different than my typical update which is i read something hey, i baking, played something baking soda makes the world go around clear drains make volcanoes exactly computer yeah, screens clean computer screens so uh that's that's the extent of it on my end I'll, I'll give further updates next week on tony hawk maybe some solo board games i've been playing but most exciting thing in my life was definitely cleaning my computer screen which i'm i'm proud of that so, uh, Tactic, over to you. Give us give us another Tactic-y update. Really, what I've been going into overtime with, honestly, is that grow box. I'm, I'm trying to make a completely autonomous plant-growing system, and it is becoming quite the project where I'm working on it hours a day because 
I mean, every code and everything I share with you guys, it's all me learning new stuff. I do not know this off the back of my head. It's just learn as I go. I, I tinker, I try, I test. Sometimes it works, sometimes it fails miserably. And uh, it's, it's coming along. I've got it to where it monitors humidity, temperature, and water level in the system. But I don't have it where it controls the light and the irrigation pump yet. So that's next. I'm pretty close to having all of the circuitry and control systems done. And then comes the actual construction of how it's holding the, the plants and how it's you know changing water pump temperature, uh, how it's flowing the water pump, changing the temperature, those kind of things. So I will keep on updating you guys. And hopefully at some point, there'll be a sweet video on how to do it. But my goodness gracious, this is probably one of the biggest projects I've done. Have you thought about cleaning anything with baking soda? No. No. Okay. Well, just bear it in mind. Uh, yeah, Technic did treat me before we started recording to some... It looked like MATLAB output. I know it wasn't, but it looked like it. And uh, color, colored lines, plots showing humidity, temperature, pretty cool stuff. The dude so, loves his plots, man. He's literally well, he like, his, in the middle of the night, I'll hear him muttering, plots. Plots and stonks. That's, that's, that's what makes this man's world go round. Well, I have it, in my defense, I have it where it reads the, the, the most recent temperature and the most recent humidity value, but I wanted to also show a plot next to that, just in case the most recent one that you're looking at was like a noisy data point where it was like a, there was an intermittency or whatever. This way you can see, oh, okay, compared to what the normal trend line is, this is just noise. I'll get a better one on the next feed in a couple seconds. And so you have that feedback where you can kind of see what's going on. Well, and the nice thing for me, you know, you sent me this picture and I could see it. It was so crystal clear. Do you know why? Why? Because I was able to clean my computer screen with baking soda and water. You guys aren't excited enough for me about this. I guess I didn't okay. see the before to know how, how great the after oh, is. I'm going to hit you with some before and after photos that are going to, I don't know, put hair on your chest. Post you know, it on I, the I Twitter. Say, hey, before, after, no context. I'm going to put it on the Twitter. I'm also going to put it on our on our recording Discord right now because... It's it's that important, and in the meantime, Nerd Bomber, what what have you been up to? Sorry, Tactic, were you were you were you? That's been out? my life lately. It's been my life. Well, Nerd, Nerd, Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us? All right, so while he hasn't been doing that, we've had a very movie centric. I guess it was more of a movie centric weekend, and so we watched two movies. Uh, one was The White Tiger, and this actually just came out on Netflix, and. This was the one I, I feel like it was advertised very highly and it was the latest Netflix original. It had Priyanka Chopra Jonas in it and it was based off a book. And essentially um, this guy is growing up in this village in India and to send money back home to his family. He decides he wants to become a driver for this very wealthy, higher caste family in India. And it essentially is a story of his relationship as what he refers to himself as a servant to a higher caste. And it's a really interesting perspective on the caste system and society in India. And as someone who Honestly, the only stuff that I know about India is just through media or through school. Like, I've obviously never been there. I don't know about the society firsthand myself. And I feel like it was just a very, it was a very important movie to examine this culture. And I thought it was a really interesting, I mean, the the acting was phenomenal. I think the three main characters really were the focus of the story and the acting amongst those three main characters was pretty incredible. There were some pacing issues, though. Like, the movie was not without its faults. There were some very, very bad pacing issues. Like, I would say the buildup, there's like a, the climax of the movie probably happens way too late in the runtime of the movie. And then the ending feels really rushed. And there is, I mean, it, it works a little bit because, yeah, you understand the background and how the ending comes to be but i just wish that part was more fleshed out a little bit more so pacing wise there were some issues and there were some aspects of the movie that were really brutal and uncomfortable to watch but i feel like it was one of those movies where that was kind of the point yeah, to make I, you uncomfortable i think it needed needed to have those brutal moments the the main thing that i i didn't like was this was a good movie and it was disappointing that it could have been so much better if they focused on so this isn't really any spoilers. It, it, it opens with him telling the story of how he got successful. And basically the whole movie was building up to that pivotal point. And then it just jumps to now I'm successful. 
where, in my opinion, the the pivotal point to the buildup of successful should have been the main focus of the movie instead of just skipping ahead now. And that potential, I think, would have really even improved it tenfold for me. And like it was a long movie because it was just over two hours. But I feel like even if there was an extra 15 minutes to flesh out the part that Tactic is referring to, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but there was even just like an extra 15 minutes and maybe they borrowed it from another part of the movie and cut back on some of that buildup instead, I feel like it would have gone a long way. But it was still a very good movie. I think it was still a very important watch from a cultural perspective and definitely would recommend And the other movie then, the next day we pivoted and we watched I'm Your Woman, which has Rachel Brosnahan, who you might know as the wonderful Miss Maisel. This was an Amazon Prime original movie. And the idea here is that her husband comes home with a baby and then a couple days later just disappears. Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer for this. Yeah. And he's, he's a thief. So like, they don't know where he is. If he's hiding out, they don't know what happened. But someone comes to get her and packs her up and the baby up. And they're like, okay, we have to get you out of here. And basically the entire movie, you don't really know what's happening. You're basically living the series of events from her perspective where she is completely out of the loop. I mean, it's not anxiety inducing, but like it's, basically living from her perspective where she has no idea what's going on and is just trying to then adapt to living by herself and surviving while not also making contact with the outside world because there are people looking for her husband, there are people looking for her, and she has to keep her and the baby safe. And I thought it was a, it was another movie where I thought it was pretty good. I thought there were Could some, have been better. Yeah, it could have been a little bit better. I think there were some twists that mighty maybe would have made it a little bit better um but overall i still thought it was really good i think it, the acting in the movie was pretty good i i think rachel brosnahan is a pretty decent actor so i enjoyed the movie it was a, a different it was more of like a suspenseful thriller type thing whereas the white tiger that had some suspenseful thriller moments but ultimately was more just like a character study and kind of depressing they both were kind of downer movies though <laughs> you, you might have said this are these both netflix situations um the white tiger is netflix and i'm your woman was amazon prime bouncing across the stream yep cool cool well keep us updated movie wise thanks for the many reviews yeah sorry i kind of like went off but those were i feel like i haven't watched movies not th- I haven't watched movies worth talking about, but like that felt like th- I had two semi-decent back-to-back watching experiences. So it was good for a change. Well, I have a quiz. So let's, check, let's take a look at the big board before we get to the quiz. Tectic, no wins yet on the year. 0-3, Innerbomber 1-0, and I am 2-0 with actually two sweeps. And uh, also, <laughs> noting, we have, yeah, that's, a, guys, that's a sweep sound effect. We have a new soundboard for the podcast get ready to hear more sound effects uh we actually debuted another sound effect in our secret segment for this month earlier tonight we recorded that so be on the lookout for more of those from the new soundboard i have some questions in front of me i'm actually gonna have to make a couple on the fly i only have four questions in front of me i'm gonna need at least five so i'm gonna need you guys to take extra long to think but these questions as i mentioned before are all about pirates yar matey etc so let's start with the earliest mention of pirates i want a year what is the earliest mention of pirates in history and we're gonna give tactic a fighting chance we're gonna start with nerd bomber okay so i I mean pirates were around basically once people started sailing right i mean there's always been nasty people out there who will take your booty so oh boy i don't gross (laughs) um I'm going to say 1300, but I feel like it's probably earlier than that. But you know what? Because like, what was Sinbad? Man, I don't even know. 1300. I'm just putting one out there. I think she busted. So I'm going to go real conservative and say 13 billion BC. I don't even think BC goes back that far. Okay. So yeah, Tectic gets the point because if the later you are, the you, you bust if you're too late, basically. 1353 BC. These were pirates in the Mediterranean who were actually robbing Egyptians according to historical documentation so tactic on the board this is huge no sweeps um, today 
no sweeps today that's yeah that's the mentality you should have i just wanted to um, use the soundboard again <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna continue moving forward in time from there that's kind of a hint but uh everyone knows the famous novel treasure island later made into a muppets movie and uh originally published by robert louis stevenson when did that iconic novel first get published can you repeat the question when was treasure island by robert louis stevenson first published no the other part of it the part about the muppets before that what the details you, you had details you had i think i just covered all the details yeah it was like this was the title by this person plus muppets equals question. but who was the person <laughs> robert louis stevenson okay um and I'm when not was sure it, why that's relevant when was it <laughs> published relevant. okay nice try <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there i thought i had it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go again safe and go 1950 i feel like it's earlier than that i feel like this I don't know. Was America even founded then? I honestly don't know. I'm gonna. Was say, America founded in 1950? No, no, no. I'm not saying 1950. <laughs> I'm saying when this book came out. Uh, I'm gonna say 1800. Okay, so uh, Nerbomber gets the point. 1883. So I actually kind of split in the difference between the two answers. 1950 was way too late, though. So uh, Nerbomber, congrats on that. Whoop, whoop. So continuing forward, everyone knows Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. The classic Disney movie starring Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom. What is the worldwide gross of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl? One of my favorite movies ever, by the way. Okay. I feel like this actually made a decent chunk of change, but I'm not sure. I'm going to say 30 million, but it's probably, I feel like. That's higher. way more than that. I'm going to say 31 million. You worldwide, worldwide gross, Nerd Bomber. This movie was super popular. You don't remember this movie? I, I obviously remember the movie. I just, I don't know. I'm really bad at these worldwide. 654 million. Okay. I'm, <laughs> so I'm always, I'm so bad at these. If I first, I would have guessed 500 million. So Tectic gets the point on that one. So we, I put him in the lead. Three questions in. Tectic, this could be your day. Let's continue moving forward in time to the year 2004. Into uh, the year three. And this is... This is a stat that I'm taking from Wikipedia. Wikipedia's page on piracy, which is a real page. As of an estimate in 2004, what were the estimated worldwide losses accounted to seaborne piracy against transport vessels? Worldwide in losses US, in dollars? Yeah, in US dollars, yes. I'm going to say $25 million. Oh, it's way more than that. So I'm going to do what you just did to me. $26 million. Nerd Bomber, well done. Sixteen billion dollars wow. yeah it's more like, than johnny depp made i mean you think about what if they take down like a cargo freighter or something and that like what they do yeah there could be like gold on there i don't know that's what the captain phillips guys did okay so wait are we tied going into the we, last we are tied I going get, into like, the last one you guys are the worst okay well uh i do have a tiebreaker question ready but let's go into the last question before we do that so according to a little magazine known as forbes magazine which is all about money. This is an article from September 19th, 2008, but I don't think the, the data has changed. The highest earning pirate ever was Samuel, quote unquote, Black Sam Bellamy, an Englishman who made his bones patrolling the New England coast in the 18th century. By Forbes calculations, what is the estimated earnings of Black Sam over the course of his career? Oh boy. I'm going to say 5 million because... This is like olden times, and I don't know. I feel five million feels right to me. Oh, but he was getting that booty, and you got to inflate all that booty. I'm gonna say there it is one dollar more than whatever the heck she just said. Oh, you jerk! Well, you guys are you guys are chippy over there today. Yeah, tactic wins. Tactics on the board. Hundred and twenty million. That's pretty also, good. Worth noting, second place with a lifetime earnings of $115 million, a name you will much more recognize, Sir Francis Drake, a British privateer who went on to save England from the Spanish Armada. Yeah, these guys were rich. So How much did Jack Sparrow it. make? Not listed. Un- <laughs> unclear. I'll have to get back to you on that. Tactic, you've done it. Congratulations. He is on the board, ladies and gents. He goes to one and three, and Nerd Bomber goes to one and one on the year. I mean... 
I remain 2-0. She's been waiting to use that soundboard for a while now. So it was bound to happen. So yeah, I hope you learned something about Pirates. Hope you learned something about Harry Potter, Godzilla, King Kong, Xbox Live, what have you. FedEx. Hope you learned something about FedEx. In any case, we thank you all for joining us uh, here in this last episode of January. We'll see you next month, the month of love. Valentine's Day coming up. Boyfriends, don't forget. Girlfriends, also don't forget. So yeah, be on the lookout for more content from us as scheduled. We'll see you guys all next week. Have a great week.